Welcome back to another episode of Out of Home Insider. Today's episode comes by way of a good friend of the show, Mr. Rick Robinson at The People's Space on Twitter, uh, who introduced me to Robert Landau and Peter Spire. Robert has spent a lifetime collecting iconic images of rock and roll billboards of LA's Sunset Strip. From the Beatles to the Doors and everyone in between, Robert has captured a period of true Americana that reminds even the savviest data-driven marketer that creative is everything. Together with famed music documentary director Peter Spire, they're bringing the stories of this beautiful period of Billboard and American music history to the silver screen in their documentary, Sign of the Times. We'll talk about how billboards made larger-than-life rock stars even bigger, and you'll probably leave with a few ideas on how to leverage influencers today to create very much the same effect. In fact, if you're looking for a way to amplify your social media influencer strategy, check out onescreen.ai to discover fun and exciting ways to make your next campaign strike a chord that echoes on through time. Without further ado, let's go. Welcome, everybody, to the Out of Home Insider Show, a podcast like no other, hosted by the one and only Tim Rowe. Get ready to have some knowledge dropped on you and to be entertained because nothing's more valuable than food for your brain. So sit back, relax, we're about to dive in as the best industry podcast is about to begin. Robert, Peter, thanks so much for being here. Robert, you know, we're, today we're going to talk about a pretty special project. Uh, it's one of my favorite. It's well, I guess it's my favorite book on billboards, which is Rock and Roll Billboards of the Sunset Strip. And uh, you guys are working on a on a pretty special project. But I think a, a good place to start is is with origin stories. So, Robert, how was it that you ended up on the Sunset Strip? Well, first of all, my father was an art dealer. He had a gallery here in L.A. And I grew up uh, sort of in the West Hollywood neighborhood. And I, I got a camera real early. My uncle had a, worked in a camera store. He gave me a camera. I just really took to photography. That was around when I was 13. Then around age 16, my folks got divorced. My dad went to live up in a little bachelor pad right above the strip. And I went to live with him there. So my backyard was the Sunset Strip. And all of a sudden, when I wanted to go out and take pictures, I'd walk down to the street. And there would be these guys on these scaffoldings painting these giant renderings of all my favorite rock stars, all the music I was listening to. So they'd be out there and it was just surreal. You'd see these guys, they'd look the size of an ant while they were painting Paul McCartney or John Lennon's head on, on the Abbey Road billboard. So I just started taking pictures and um, I realized that these billboards weren't up for very long. Like if you didn't take a picture when you saw one and you went back a couple of days later, it could have been painted over. So I understood that they were hand painted and that they didn't last very long. So um, I got into documenting them that way. It's it's really interesting that that you, that you touched on that. Like billboards are just that, right? It's this moment in time where we're passing it, we're driving past it, we're on our way home from work, we're having a good day, we're having a bad day. That moment's only ever going to exist in that moment. And then for something as beautiful as a, as a hand painted canvas that's taking something already larger than life and making it even bigger, and that. That 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 moment is also fleeting. It's pretty special that you were able to 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 capture these images. And for the audience at home, we're not talking about digital cameras. This wasn't on an iPhone. This was a pretty mechanical process to do. Like this was this was a, a, an a, an artistic outlet. And 
talk to me about that, right? Like this was a different time. We were developing film and yeah, in dark rooms. Well, well and- you said that very well, <laughs> but it's true. Yeah, these are this very fleeting things. Not only were the billboards out for a month, but the whole period of classic rock billboards lasted a little more than 10 years, which in retrospect is pretty fleeting too. But yeah, as far as photography goes, back then, you didn't just take a phone out of your pocket. You had to have a, a camera. You had to have film. It had to either be color or black and white. And you had to know how to get an exposure right and how to you know focus and get all that done manually. So it took some work. It took a little dedication. And um, I really was dedicated to capturing these billboards because I was showing to my friends uh, in other parts of the city who never got to the strip. I mean... First of all, nobody in, in other parts of the country saw these billboards, but very few people in L.A. saw them. It was really on the strip. It was intended for the people going to the nightclubs, the managers, the people in the business had offices there. So it was kind of an in kind of thing where they were communicating to each other. So um, I was very lucky to have been there at that moment and to capture that because I really think this whole period could have come and gone and disappeared and nobody would have remembered it. It's really significant when you think about this being a part of Americana and and how we remember remember it and specifically as as an industry, the billboard industry, the out of home advertising industry. So much of the conversation today is around data and targeting and measurement um, that really billboards are, are are being sort of transformed into like what we'd consider a performance marketing channel. But at the end of the day, they're they're canvas. They're they're a, a medium for an art form. And you're right. If, if you hadn't taken these pictures, they'd have been there and gone and no one would remember them other than in you know fading memories. So over, over this period of time, you've got this great collection of, of, of images, some really iconic rock and roll bands, brilliant executions of out of home using things like extensions, tease and reveal campaigns. Uh, at what point did you realize you've, you've got something there? Oh, about 40 years later, <laughs> I had all these slides. I was shooting Kodachrome film, so I had all these slides neatly stored in sleeves and put away in a notebook on my shelf. And someone knew that I'd been taking pictures, not just of billboards, but of L.A. And they said, would you give a talk about fleeting L.A., the things that have vanished? So I did. I showed storefronts, signs, streets. But all the questions at the end of the show were about the billboards. Everybody who saw it said, wow, what, when, did, when did this billboards happen? What was that about? So I realized that it was a really unique period that I'd captured and um, decided then to take it to a book. And then fortunately, soon after the book came out, I was approached by Mr. Spire here, who saw the opportunity to make a really nice film about it. So, so we think it's a really unique period. We think a lot of people who love classic rock, and that covers a lot of generations now. I have a nephew, very young nephew, who's totally into classic rock. So I think there's a wide appeal for this, and it crosses over along with not only that, but the whole uh, the whole artistic aspect of it, the visual side and the outdoor advertising side. So we think we have a good story to tell. And, and in telling that story, Peter, you saw the opportunity right away. And when our friend Rick Robinson, you know, brought to me this story, I realized this is this is a story that needs to be told for our industry, for the for the you know, it's part of American history, right? American classic rock and roll is so significant as a as a cultural point. And you've worked on a lot of really iconic cultural, musically, music-related films and documentaries. What was it that stood out about this project that, that you thought there was you know, something pretty significant? You, you know, for me, it's a combination of things. It's, it's the music. It's the, uh, the culture at the time. 
that you know LA was ground zero for uh, creating some of the biggest music uh, around. Then on top of that, you have you know, this advertising element and how musicians who were, particularly at the time, against commercialization of their of their uh, you know music and culture embrace the billboards you know i mean they just love these things and uh it was a moment where you got to say hey this guy has arrived this guy has you know culmination of a career or somebody coming out that we know is going to be a superstar so you know they were really um held for you know some of the biggest artists in the industry and, uh, you know, it, 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 it kind of shows, hey, this guy's a bigger than life, you know, rock star, you know, that image that became iconic. Yeah, it's, it's interesting when we think about sort of the modern advertising landscape and so many dollars are spent online and there's a lot of conversations around censorship and, you know, the, the, the ability to freely express yourself online through a paid media type type of way. And billboards are sort of that last bastion of free speech and advertising. It's it's one of the few places left where you, you can go out, make a statement. And, uh, you know, so long as the billboard owner is okay with it, you can generally, generally get it up in this period of rock and roll. It was about breaking the rules and folks weren't following the rules. It was, it was really a, a little bit rebellious even. Uh, so the film that you're working on, you've had some great guests and Hey, I look forward to, to doing this again and, and showcasing uh, some, of, some of the work that you've done. But talk to me about some of the folks that you've gotten to participate in the project. I, I think we've gotten some of the most important people so far. Jack Holzman, who was the owner and founder of Electra Records and the guy who actually came up with the idea of doing a billboard. You know, I don't know if you know the story, but. Uh, Jack, no, no. T- tell us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jack Holzman was driving down Sunset Boulevard. And he was noticing all of these different um, billboards. But, uh, you know, he had this new band coming out called The Doors and said, you know, maybe I'll put up a billboard for for this band that I've got. And uh, sure enough, the first billboard was, you know, Jim Morrison looming over Sunset Boulevard. And I think that, you know, if you were a rock star, you even doubted how cool it was to have a billboard or you know, whether it was selling out, having Jim Morrison be that guy, they were, you know, everybody else fell in line. Everybody after, after that initial Doors billboard wanted a billboard. And so, you know, we've got Robbie Krieger from the Doors, you know, talking about that, that initial billboard. We have Rick Nilsson from Cheap Trick. We have, you know, Roger uh, Daltrey. Roger Daltrey, we recently shot from The Who. And, uh, you know, it's interesting with Roger because we showed him, a billboard he had never seen before. Oh, wow. Tommy, you know, a lot of these rock stars, unfortunately, they were on tour while these billboards were up and they were, as Robert said, they were only up for a short period of time. So we're actually showing them the billboard for the first time. And they wow. are just completely blown away. I mean, as a matter of fact, what was so cool about the, uh, the who uh, Tommy billboard was that it was a uh, sequential billboard. And the first, um, icon did not have the word Tommy on it. It just had the billboard with these two pinball eyeball um, uh, uh, images. And and at the time, it actually created a car accidents. People were like, no so, kidding. 
yeah, mesmerized by this billboard that they boom, you know, right, you know, and uh, so the 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 uh, the billboard actually caused accidents on on Sunset Boulevard. But um, uh, I showed him the second version when they put the word Tommy on it, and he goes, you know, mate. The, the, the one without Tommy is actually cooler, you know? I mean, and that one was so amazing. Can you imagine this day and age where you have an image that doesn't even have a, a piece of text on it? It's just an image. And you're not even sure how it relates to the to the music or to the group or, you know, so it was a very inside thing. I mean, on an artistic level in terms of advertising, I don't know anything that was more uh, kind of mysterious or subliminal. I mean, it, it was... It was really, I mean, for them to spend that kind of money to do these kinds of huge images, you know, and, uh, you know, we've shown other uh, rock stars, Simon Kirk, who played drums for free and Bad Company. I showed him one of the images. He could not believe that they invested. They go, my God, they they put up the, the, the gatefold, the inside, uh, you know, of the album cover, not even the outside, like just the inside, which was just this crazy image, you know, when, and when, I was going through all the billboards and I saw that image from Robert. I go, Robert, what is this even from? Like, I, I'm a I'm a big Bad Company fan, and I didn't even remember the inside part of the album cover. So, I mean, some of this stuff is so cool. That's awesome. And, and the projects coming along, you just mentioned a, a great lineup of, of guests. Where does this stand today? The audience is hearing this, uh, you know, sometime in the middle middle part of uh, July what's what's the timeline like on this i know you're not doing it for the billboard industry but i know that the billboard industry would be very interested in this project well you know we we are you know right now we were able to get um uh an investor to cover all of our principal photography right now we're looking for um costs to help us finish the film and and that's basically where we are we have a few more interviews left but Primarily, the story has been crafted. Um, we have, you know, we're in post-production now. And, you know, we, we do need, you know, a little help from the industry to help us get this finished. How can we help you? If somebody wants to get involved with the project, if there's an investor out there listening, this is an iconic film. I've seen the trailer. Can't share it with you here today. Uh, I'm, I'm sure if you are interested in investing, uh, you, you'd be able to take a look at it before doing so. How do they get in touch with you yeah, if they want to get involved? Uh, you know, I'll I'm, I'll leave you my contact information, or you know, they can contact, contact us directly. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're looking for any any anyone. I, look, th- I don't think there'll be another film that will celebrate this culture yeah. like this film. And um, for anybody, you know, uh, I think this film will have a wide range of interest from a lot of different people. But what it does is it tells the story of the billboard in a way that has never been done before. Um, you know, it's a really it's a Valentine to the industry, you know, th- this film. Um, and I, I think people will look at billboards. I know they will look up, look at billboards differently after watching our film. Yeah, I think it's it's a critical part to Out of Homes kind of going through this renaissance right now where because of the last 20 years of digital marketing and things have kind of become over-optimized. We've been staring at our devices for the last year and people are people are outside. People want to return to the real world. And, uh, and this is an opportunity for brands, for musicians, for entertainers to connect with an audience at scale in a way that's larger than life. 
on a medium that has the ability to make an impact like nothing else can. This film is really important. And, and, you know, like we're in LA right now. I think that the city of West Hollywood has really connected with the billboard industry to do things unlike, I mean, I don't know too many other cities that are creating that kind of relationship and they're building all of these futuristic billboards that we're going to actually showcase. We, our film, you know, it's about the past, but it also uh, our third act deals with what's going on today and how billboards are impacting people today. And the entertainment industry, even though it moved away from the music industry, but the entertainment industry definitely seized on the billboards and said, hey, you know what? Um, this is a great idea. We have to do it. I mean, Netflix was paid, I think, $120 million for 20 right. boards on billboards. Yeah. I mean, these, these entertainment companies are, you know, are, are you know, they they want they want that that uh, space. They want that image. They want people yeah. to drive by and go, gosh, you know, this is an important show. I have to see this. That billboards are a conversation starter. LA is a cultural hub that starts conversations that bleed out into the rest of the country. It, it's it's you know every every brand every uh, advertiser wants to be in LA. It's it's a uh, it's it's a pretty impactful opportunity to to start conversations that really spread. Peter, if you want, uh, we will we'll, we'll make sure to link to any contact information uh, in the description below in case someone's driving or somebody doesn't have a chance to check that and they want to scribble it down real quick. What's the what's the best way to get in touch? You know, email. Um, yeah, yeah. Email fire at me.com. It's P-I-R-E-R at me.com. Um, or, the, you, know, you, know, you know, always you can phone me. You know, uh, I'll give you my phone number two, three, two, three. I don't know if I should. Yeah, yeah. Go, go yeah, for no, it. Wait, uh, all right. Don't, don't, don't be creepy. Don't bother, Peter. Uh, how about this? We'll just we'll stick with the email. Uh, spire at me.com. We'll make sure to link it down below. Robert, how do folks catch up on your work? What are you up to these days? Well, I've uh, really been busy with this documentary, but I have a couple other projects I'm working on right now. Can't talk about them just yet, but I'll let you know soon. Sounds but really, I'm, I'm really focused on making this happen because I think this was an important time, really an important time. And you, you touched on one aspect of it that I think is a good lesson for people today, which was these artists, these musical artists, they weren't really, it wasn't really a hard sell thing. They were doing, they had a lot of latitude. So they were putting up images that had very little copy and sometimes were hard to figure out exactly what they were selling. But in the long run, I think they had a bigger bigger success than if they had said, you know, go to Kate, Kate Martin, buy our album. It had a, it created something in people's minds that lasted longer. And I think if, if advertisers are willing to take a chance with Outdoor and not hit people over the head, I think there's a real way to sort of get into people's unconscious and get them to really kind of relate to to a product or a band or a movie. So so I see that as a really good lesson from these billboards. If you look at some of them from that period, which is mostly the 1970s. It takes a bold brand to do less. Fortune favors the bold. Billboards are a great way to go bold. I love that advice. Less is more. Uh, it, it really makes it a pretty special opportunity. Well, Peter, Robert, this has been a lot of fun. We are going to have to do uh, subsequent follow-ups to this as the project moves along. And as it comes out, uh, I'm, I'm just so looking forward to following along with it. 
Thank you so much for your interest. Thank you so much. Absolutely. This is my petition to the industry. This film absolutely needs to get made. It's based on 40 40 years, Robert, 40 years of work. Well, Uh, uh, about 15 years of work and then about 40 years of waiting. (laughs) (laughs) So so at least 40 years of work. This needs needs to come together. This needs to happen. The industry needs this film. There's so much conversation about targeting measurement. Let's get back to doing good marketing, marketing that makes an impact, marketing that matters. Hopefully you found this helpful. If you did, if you enjoyed the episode, please go ahead and make sure to smash that subscribe button down there in the corner. Like it, follow us, share this with anybody who you think could be interested or could get involved. Go for it, Robert. Please, uh, if you're interested in the book, you can go to angelcitypress.com and buy the book. Angel City Press. I strongly encourage if you're if you love out of home, if you love out of home, uh, like most of us do, this is on my table at all times. Uh, I just flip open to it. I show my son. He's eight. I show him how cool billboards are. Uh, You know, let's uh, let's help Robert and Peter bring this to the real world. Thank you. See y'all next time. Thanks so much. Thank you. Quarter century, I finally came to my senses. I finally got my hand up on the tinted Benz kid. I see the world clear through my tinted lenses. With the dream and the drive, the possibilities endless. Now print that, send this all the way to Tokyo. Take a trip down south, then to Mexico. Next stop, Shanghai, the world class trade show. First class all the way, cause that's how we roll. Yeah, call us the rock star businessman. Rocking shows, we handle business, man. We got our own future in the palm of our hands. Cause divided